Hi, I'm Noel T. Manning II. Thanks so much for joining us right here on Meet Me at the Movies and Elements of Madness and also through WGWG and Cinema Scene. Uh, however you spend time with us, we do appreciate it so much. Uh, really happy today to have a couple of filmmakers with us, uh, Lane and Ruckus Sky. Uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having Good us. Good to be here. Uh, you guys have a new film. Uh, it's called The Devil to Pay, and this is your uh, first film that you've directed. You're, you're no stranger to film. You've been involved in it a little bit, but and we're going to talk about The Devil to, to Pay uh, very shortly, but I'd love to get some background on uh, your love of cinema, your love of film, how you guys decided to collaborate, and, and how all of that happened. Mm. Uh, you, you want the... Uh short version of that. <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, we both loved movies. Uh, growing up, I loved movies, and, yeah. and Lane did too, and um, we got together uh, and started dating and got married just as cinema lovers, never uh, with the intention that we were going to become filmmakers. We came to that later, and um, it started with, uh, I, I'm also a songwriter, so we were going to shoot a music video for a song I wrote, just for fun and that was like oh that's our first time filming something and then we started thinking about short films and and it, it kind of just snowballed from there we're just both creative people and it just kind of was like oh we love movies why don't we give it a shot that's yeah. really how it happened there was no game plan yeah and we started out making these weird like dramedy shorts and one day we looked at our dvd shelf and we were like wait a minute every movie we love is a thriller or a horror movie uh, why are we writing comedies? <laughs> and so we started writing thrillers, and uh, and that's when our screenwriting careers started to take off. So the, the the thriller aspect, the suspense aspect, even elements of horror, and uh, and some twisted life uh, lessons as well uh, are all kind of thrown into the mix. What is it about those particular things that you feel drawn to? Um, well, I think we, we both had a background and love of um, Southern Gothic uh, literature, and uh, because we're both from the South, born born raised, and um, and so it's that it's that blend of the macabre and the dark humor in the same story, and so those are two elements. We always start try to start with a grounded human, um, you know, characters, but then like how do we mix in something a little weird? <laughs> And maybe a little scary, maybe a little violent, maybe a but, little gross. But also, um, you know, the dark. We always try to find the dark humor in things, and, and to us, that's what makes a film feel dynamic. And and because if it's scary the entire way through, then you know, if everything's scary, then it's not scary anymore. And if you know, if everything, if it's funny the whole way through, then it's a comedy, which isn't what right. we do. So, um, but it's just sort of our natural default position of, of the kind of things we like to watch. So we always yeah. try to write the kind of things that we would want to see. So how does a collaboration work between both of you? I've, I've had a chance to, to collaborate with folks and sometimes you build off uh, each other's strengths and sometimes um, you may have weaknesses that the other is able to, to pick up. So talk about your collaboration process. People probably think that we, th that we agree on everything, which is far from the truth. No. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, one of us would be redundant, right? So that's... I, I like to say we, I mean, we absolutely elevate each other and because we have different strengths and, and what comes out the other end, screenplay or movie is, is so different than what if I, if I did it entirely on my own or if she did it entirely on her own. And that's what's exciting about uh, collaborating. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, in the writing process, it's a lot of arguing, 
and uh, <laughs> and just fighting for what what we believe is going to make the film better. We try to remove our ego. We try to think of what is the best idea and let that win. Not oh, which one was my idea or your idea? You know, it's like the yeah. best idea wins in the end. And by the end, we hardly remember whose idea was what. <laughs> Now I remember which ones were mine. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, but then as far as directing, once we're on set, we've done so much arguing and the developing and the writing and, and the pre-production that we're, we're pretty much in sync on set. And so that makes it easier than we're working with camera and actors to try to, you know, we're, we're pretty in, in tune at that point. Do you find that you start with the story, the narrative first, or the characters, or is it a combination of both? Every time is different. Every time is different. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a combination. Sometimes it's a character uh, that we just see very clearly and we want to see you know, what's the most interesting scenario to put that character in. And then sometimes, like with, uh, with The Devil to Pay, it was the idea of a knock on the door and um, somebody telling this woman that she has to leave her son there and go see somebody. And no. just like, what is that? And, and the whole story built from that moment. Yeah, it was an incredible film. And you talk about the Southern Gothic nature of what you are drawn to. And this film shot in Georgia, if I, if I read the credits yeah. correctly. Uh, and you really did feel this sense of being in, in Appalachia and, uh, and being in uh, this mountain community. And the locations were magnificent. And that's one of the things, as I was watching this, uh, so many things I loved about this film. I love the cinematography, uh, Sherman Johnson, you had doing the work on that. I love the score and then the songs that were chosen, the songs or the lyrics as well, uh, and the locations uh, and the acting. Danielle, wow. Uh, so you can touch on any of those aspects you want <laughs> because I loved every element of it and the story as well. The story just, it drew me in, as you said, from that knock on the door, from the opening frame, frame I was drawn in and I kept wondering where this was going to go and uh, it, I never uh, I never took my eyes off the screen so what a oh, what a wonderful you. job you did and your your first film directing together uh, absolutely marvelous so so dive into any of those topics the acting the cinematography the locations uh, any that you want to chat about wow uh, <laughs> do a short version of all of them uh, we shot it in Hiawassee, Georgia, which is about two hours north of Atlanta, where mm -hmm. we were at the time. Um, and we found uh, a wonderful woman, uh, Michelle Moreland, who uh, had property up there and became a producer on the film. And she is a very small community. And she introduced us to everyone there and became our sort of like, she vouched for us. Because <laughs> yeah, we were, who are, these, who are these people from the city coming up here to film this movie? <laughs> um, but everyone there just embraced us and, and, uh, a lot of the extras in the film or people that live there that aren't actors, they just wanted to come be in the movie. And, mm -hmm. and but locations and, and, and actually the actual area we shot in, it's really, all the locations are pretty close to each other, but we, you know, it feels spread out. And um, tell people this, there are, it's a lot more metropolis than it looks in the movie. Uh, that's a lot of movie magic. Um, there are, there are a ton <laughs> of visual effects in the movies, uh, like removing power lines and removing other houses in the background so it feels more remote. Yeah. Um, so there was some work there done there, but it was beautiful and, and Sherman did an amazing job just making that beautiful there. Um, we yeah, talk about Danielle. Then um, we actually wrote the script for Danielle. We met her through um, the Atlanta arts community and we talked about things that we wanted to do together. And 
Uh, and then we were like, we don't really have anything that fits her. Let's just write something specifically for her. And so uh, we thought about what we wanted to see her do and came up with this idea and wrote it without telling her and then gave her the script. Wow. And she was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. And so then... yeah, we knew we had a movie at that point. And then we wrote a lot of the other side characters also for um, Atlanta based actors that we knew and had wanted to work with or had worked with. So we knew we'd have a strong cast. Um, yeah, we were very fortunate. Everyone we wrote a role for agreed to do it. And what's wow. Available. So, yeah. yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Danielle was just so raw and so authentic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it felt as if it was somebody you knew or could know. And that is something that you can train your whole life to be able to do it. But uh, in order to make it happen and make it click, it, it's, it's a gift as well. And I think she's got, she's got a gift. Yeah. She uh, she's, she's amazing. She and, a little directing insight. We basically realized by the second or third day, I was like, we just need to stop talking to her. She, <laughs> Completely. She knows what she's doing, and all our directing doing is messing her up. It's like, <laughs> we just stay out of her way. Basically. Yeah, she had prepared. She had prepared and planned and prepped, and she knew what she wanted to do with this character, and we just trusted. Her, after the first day, we were just like, she. We're just, I mean, she nailed yeah. it on the, the first take every time. Yeah. So it was like, I remember that, yeah. the the first scene and putting the camera up and watching a take and we looked at each other, we're like, we have, this is going to be a movie, like, you know, like getting chills and be like, this is going to be a movie. Yeah. So we're yeah. very fortunate that yeah. she, uh, that we knew her and met her and that she ended up doing it. Yeah, yeah the, the emotion that she was able to share and even the, the character arc going from someone who, who was a, a bit fearful and and in some ways timid to this bad mother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the other end of it uh, yeah. wow just to you know and, and there were certain scenes when she would just break down and cry and you felt it um, as a viewer as an audience member you felt the anguish that she was feeling as well and wow I, I'm honestly just blown away by that yeah. We, we were too. We felt it on set. I mean, oh, we had the monitor crying. Like, watching <laughs> totally. her. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was. It yeah. Was so uh, talk about the process, the development process. How long did it take you to pull this together? When did the story idea begin and the shooting? And, and now we, here we are being able to, to see it. Yeah. Well, uh, it isn't, it was insane. Actually, we, if from coming up with the idea, we were on set three months later. Yeah. Um, wow. We, yeah. We wrote it in yeah. like 12 days. We wrote it insanely fast. We picked a start date and we had nothing but a script and Danielle. We didn't have any, we didn't have funding. We didn't have location. We had nothing, but we picked a start date and we just told everyone, this is when it's shooting. And, uh, and we refused to back off from that. And it happened. I mean, we got the money two weeks before <laughs> we shot. I mean, it was, it was, it was insanely stressful and we would never want to do it that no. way again, but we we're glad we did it. Yeah, um, we and, like to say it's like jumping off a cliff and figuring out what to do on the way down. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. Um, and then conversely, um, it took forever to come out. Like it's that was three years ago that we shot this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And post so, took a minute because it was a lower uh, budget indie film, and so we did a lot of the post ourselves, which just takes more. So time. it took a lot longer. Um, yeah. And then uh, you know, COVID happened, so our distributor but we had our release date. Yeah, we had a we had a year festival run we did with it, and um, so but you know I mean we're we're glad that it's finally getting to come. Like, we've been sitting on this for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So uh, what are some things that you would like for uh, our viewers to know about this film? You know, you, you're not really sure as you're watching it, what time period this is, when this is, was that purposeful oh, yeah. to, to put it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, if you want a real answer, it is absolutely modern day right now. Um, well, we love timeless feeling uh, pieces and, uh, as much as I love technology in everyday life, iPhones have ruined movies. <laughs> it's like, oh, that, that's, the, uh, that's the eight plus. Like, I know what year they shot this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it it's, dates your phone It's really tough. Fast. And cell phones in general have ruined horror movies because you always have to have in, oh, I don't have any bars. I can't call anyone. <laughs> you know, power I, I missed the times when it was like, there's no payphone around. That was the big deal. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, we... Uh, very much inspired by um, films from the late 60s, early 70s, and like In the Heat of the Night's one of my favorite Southern mm. films of all time. Yeah. Uh, I think that and Deliverance had a little bit of it. You, in fact, there's a blatant Deliverance homage in this when uh, there's a guy playing a banjo on a porch. <laughs> um, but so we always love timeless feeling. And then, but, but it really was the premise of the film is that this culture in this town at the top of the mountain is cut off from the rest of America. Yeah. And, um, and that was part of it is like it can't feel that's why none like, of the cars are new and nothing they have right. to do because a little bit like uh, like Cuba we talked about Cuba yeah. a while how even today you can find cars from the 70s still driving around because it's it's like a little old and a little some new but not much but it, we felt like if if she could just get on a cell phone or someone pulls up in their brand new you know BMW like <laughs> she can find help and we wanted her to feel like there's no one here helping her right you no know, right to, to really feel like she was really on her own so that was definitely on purpose. Yeah, and, and then you had uh, a community within a community that uh, very occult-like um, <laughs> as well. I'm glad well, you I, I love the way you said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, uh, let's say, I, I don't know that I would, I would go under those uh, tracks to get to that community. <laughs> uh, I, I would have to be in, uh, in dire straits, and she truly was in dire straits, so. <laughs> I, I love the way you phrased that because we, there really was the feeling like, the top of this mountain where Lemon lives is an is an outsider community, and then even within that, these guys are outsiders, and that was that was the reasoning behind it. We wanted it to be like no matter how small a culture, there's still people that separate themselves from other people, and yeah, and also her whole world is built on laws, and then if you go into their side, they have their own laws, and you better follow those. And, right, or, and or that's else, terrifying you know. to her to step outside of the thing that she knew. Right. Yeah, it, it was it was truly fascinating uh, to watch, and I, I hope more people get a chance to to see this. Uh, I do want you to talk a little bit about the score and uh, oh, the yeah. songs as well, because okay. it 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 put it within place hmm. uh, as I was watching this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Brad Carter, who plays the character Dixon in the movie, he's the one playing the banjo on the front porch. He actually scored the film as well. So uh, it, was, it was a beautiful collaboration with him. Like we've known him for a little while and worked with him before. He's a great actor and an amazing musician. He, he puts out music himself that he writes. Um, but uh, we'd heard some other stuff he had done from, and was like, man, you should score this film and be in it and play a song in the movie. <laughs> and, um, but what was so fun is we sent him the script because as an actor, he needed to read it. And I was like, yeah, you could score it thinking when we finish the film, you can. But he, within like a week, sent us music tracks just inspired by reading the script mm -hmm. and then i was like whoa this music track is so inspiring it changed the way we were shooting some of the scenes for sure wow. so it, it kind of like fed on itself it was such a cool process 
um, yeah, there's, there's her theme, her main theme is like one of the first things he came up with. And, and then it ended up being orchestrated on banjo and then later in fiddle. And, and um, it was, it was just such a fun process. And yeah, it was very much part of, he immediately got the tone and the vibe and the feel like we heard that. It was just like with Danielle, I was like, okay, this is going to work. This is totally going to be great. And um, so the traditional, the Appalachian traditional, don't want to die in the storm. And that came from like just Googling traditionals and looking for lyrics that like, and that was like, oh my God, we saw that lyric. And we're like, this is so fitting. Yeah. Uh, this is so fitting. And we knew we wanted Brad to play that. And also that, that melody, um, if anyone's paying attention, that gets worked into different parts of the score in other places in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, that little melody works in there. Yeah, even the wind chimes on the porch are in the same, uh, like, range as that wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you really get geeky and pay attention, yeah. like the wind yeah. are the are three notes. And when that's he when awesome. he plucks the banjo in the beginning, like that, those are that's part of the melody. That's and then awesome. we um we found this uh really great band called Red Tail Ring, who um they do the song over the closing credits. Right. And that was actually their original song that they had already written and but this lyrically it was so perfect. It was so perfect. And the tone was perfect, and I was like, I can't imagine we're gonna find a song that's going to you know fit this better at the end I, I put it up over the credits before we ever asked them about it and i was like oh this is like we have to get this song so wow oh, and I, they also did the version of blackest crow that plays on the the record oh yeah 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 yeah. that's i forgot how that's how we met them yeah we were looking for a song to play on that record mm -hmm. we knew we were going to record our own version of it and they had put a, a version of them playing that song on youtube said so we connected that way and then we heard this other song and we we're like oh can we also do that so the the one on the record they recorded specifically for the movie so, wow. Yeah, I, I love, I have a musical background too, and that's such an important part of the movie to us. So yeah, we're so happy with how it all It's such an out. important part of that region too, just music mm -hmm. plays such a big part in their culture. So we wanted to honor that too. Well, you know, we're talking about collaboration between you two, but it seems like with Brad's influence that provided collaboration and you, when you're open to, when you're open to collaboration, amazing things can happen, organic things can happen. Uh, which can uh, change the direction of what you're hoping to do and make it better if you if you give it that that opportunity. Yeah, ideally, yeah, yeah you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to elevate your idea and make it way more than you like. The version we thought exactly what it would be, this is way better than that. You know, yeah. and that only yeah. comes from taking everyone's ideas. That's what I love about film is how collaborative the medium it is. You know, and you get to bring everybody's strengths into the pot and make something bigger than the sum of its parts. Absolutely. Anything else you guys want to make sure you add for uh, this film, The Devil to Pay? Um, well, we're very excited to share the movie with, with yeah. the world, see what everyone thinks. Awesome. Any other projects that you want to uh, uh, let us know about that you're working on? Oh, we're messing around with a, a sequel idea uh, with Danielle. <laughs> uh, so maybe she goes down the mountain uh, uh, and becomes a vigilante in the big city. Who knows? Wow. Okay. See? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be um, interesting. Yeah, we have a lot of we have a lot of things in the works, but uh, you know, with the with COVID the way it is, who knows what you know right. what'll happen next? But we absolutely are going to make more films, and can't wait to get back on set. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely uh, would would recommend if you can work with Danielle again. Wow, uh, mm -hmm. just uh, a, a sequel or otherwise, uh, quite quite incredible. Uh, yeah. if, if, if people wanted to find out more about you and wanted to check you out, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook as Ruckus and Lane Sky. Should be pretty easy to find. And we will keep updated on uh, any future projects in this one. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, uh, to our viewers, we appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, we want to thank Lane and Ruckus Sky as well for spending time talking to us about film uh, and about the movie, uh, The Devil to Pay. Awesome. Uh, until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II, and that is a wrap. Awesome. Thanks, guys.